It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Switzerland's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Switzerland squad for the 2022 World Cup. Short and version, this please. to a discussion of the squad and at the top of the podcast we uh, started with our uh, kind of takeaways from the podcast that we've done on Switzerland so far and um, those were team podcasts so our first couple of comments were focused more on the team and I talked about them above so I'll just kind of uh, remind here so uh, we, we noted that they had been uh, fairly fortunate uh, in a lot of their groupings over the years in Euro Cups and in um, uh, World Cups, but, you know, especially in the last uh, 15 or so years. And um, But we did say, in fairness, that they are starting to challenge top teams, uh, whereas before they were pretty consistent against middling teams, but... Uh, uh, tended to lose when it when it came to meeting a top team, and it had been middling teams that they'd met in their groupings, which gave them uh, a bit of an advantage. But now we see them challenging top teams a little bit more. In terms of player notes, notes based on players, uh, we can say they have uh, really too many central players, especially uh, central uh, defense, uh, central midfielders and not enough wide players. So again, particularly true in the midfield. And it's hard to say whether the formation uh, dictates the players or the players that they have dictate the formation. Uh, we do see that they don't have a lot of players coded as outside midfielders. And the uh, long and short of this is that it uh, seems to force them into formations that play fairly centrally. So uh, not a lot of um, wing play uh, by Switzerland. But we'll have to see. I'm not particularly confident uh, in saying that because I'm not familiar enough with their play. But I will be keeping an eye out for it uh, in this World Cup. But uh, certainly in terms of formation, they look fairly uh, central. Uh, and finally, we have a very tight squad. Uh, we're going to see they don't have a lot of players on the slate uh, kind of coming in and out, but rather stick with a fairly small group. And that group, especially the starters, have been playing together for a long time. So I'm expecting a fairly cohesive squad. I actually think this is the reason where they... Uh, the reason why they have been challenging some of the top teams recently. Uh, maybe they don't have the star talent of uh, some of the other big teams in Europe, uh, but they have a cohesion uh, that some of the small teams like Wales have, where the players have been uh, playing together for a long time and basically add up to more than the sum of their parts. So another issue is they don't have a lot of new blood coming in, uh, so they may require some renewal in the years after the Cup. However, this tight squad of players is not that old. I would say late 20s or early 30s, so uh, probably have a few years uh, left in them, uh, maybe one or two tournaments for a lot of these players. Um, anyway, a very cohesive squad there. 
and let's move on to talk about their club affiliation. So, as I said, kind of lacking in uh, in big star power. They do have uh, Manuel Akanji with a, a big club in Manchester City, but he's not really a starter on that club. So uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, we'll see more um, uh, of him playing for Man United in in the upcoming months and years. Uh, we also have Gregor Kobel for Borussia Dortmund, and I believe he's a starting keeper with them. Um, uh, I thought, uh, oh, and uh, Philip Kuhn, the starting keeper also, I think, for Red Bull uh, Salzburg. So those two are backup keepers. So um, the starting keeper, uh, Jan Sommer, plays for a slightly lesser club in Borussia Mönchengladbach. And uh, there are um, um, a few of their players playing for slightly lesser clubs in Germany. So uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Eintracht Frankfurt. I would say about a third of the squad is uh, applying their trade in in um, uh, Switzerland. And again, the biggest teams there are um, uh, probably um, young, uh, Basel probably the biggest team there, and young boys. But not all of them play for the biggest teams. There are a couple with some of the uh, smaller teams in Switzerland, like Lugano and St. Gallen. Uh, and that, and otherwise, I would say it's kind of a, you know, a second to even third tier teams like Lorient and Montpellier in France, uh, Newcastle and uh, Nottingham Forest in England, and um, uh, you know Bologna and Torino uh, in in France. We also have uh, Brillan Bolo playing for Mar uh, Monaco, <laughs> sorry Monaco in uh, in. Um, uh, the French League, and then two players playing for Red Bull Salzburg who are in the Champions League this year. Uh, okay, so that's an overview of their club affiliations. Let's move on to talk about um, some stats for the club, some stats. So if you've been listening to other podcasts, you know I'm working on some statistics, and they're pretty rough, but uh, hopefully I'll develop them over time. But one of the stats I have is the total number of candidates uh, on the plate for, for the teams. And on the graphic here, I have total players called up since 2020, but it should be since 2021. So that kind of gives us an idea of how many players they're dealing with. At the upper end, we have teams like uh, Ecuador, USA, and Mexico, who have around 65 players on their plate. And um, at the lower end, we have teams like Belgium and um uh, Denmark and uh, Argentina, surprisingly, and Wales, who have fewer numbers, around 45. Uh, so Switzerland is very low here, kind of confirming the tight squad uh, note that I had above. 43 for Switzerland. Uh, so that's, you know, a fairly small number to be dealing with. They may have to, as I said, bring in more players after the Cup uh, and stuff. But it kind of, it seems to be enough, except for uh, outside midfielders, maybe they need to add. I wouldn't be surprised if they um, try out a couple. Well, I might be a bit surprised because I think that they're just accepting it and kind of going with the more central formation, uh, like the 4-2-3-1 that they favor. Uh, okay, in terms of total players under consideration then, uh, oh, I should just finish with the uh, total number of candidates there. So, 
43 for uh, Switzerland, and the average is 49.5. So uh, quite a few less candidates on the table than most teams. Uh, in terms of candidates kind of under consideration, current consideration, we look at the definite, likely, and possible candidates. So they're the ones really who have been playing uh, recently. And that's 35 uh, for Switzerland. And the average is uh, 33. So actually um, a bit more than most. We did see a number of possible candidates there. Um, so it, it it seems to be like the players they use um, uh, they use fairly regularly, and that's supported by the last uh, one, the total players in the definite and likely category. And surprisingly, they are uh, the highest of all teams with 25. So they've pretty much decided on their World Cup squad here because they only bring 26 to the Cup. So if they use all of their players in the definite and likely category, uh, they would only have to add one from the possible category. Uh, of course, there may be a couple of players who are injured, a couple of players in good form at the very end. Uh, that, that may change that. But basically, I think this is going to be true where uh, there won't be any big surprises with Switzerland. We'll see uh, almost all of the, pos uh, the definite and likely candidates and maybe uh, two or three uh, unexpected candidates. We'll move on to talk about their age, average age. Well, I've been saying 25 to 27 is average. Uh, normally, I think, uh, I think of 27 as being slightly older uh, but in this World Cup, uh, so far, judging by my stats, 27 is close to average. The average is 26.8. So um, compared to most teams, uh, no, not uh, a particularly old squad. So as I say, this tight and cohesive squad does seem to have a few years left in its legs. And uh, if we look specifically, their oldest player is 33 years old. So uh, most teams have a couple of players who are older than that. They do have a number of players who are over 30, though. So uh, 10, no, it's 11 players who are 30 or older. But as we saw, uh, not much older than 30. So early 30s, a good age, actually, for uh, a balance of experience and, and um, you know, still young enough. To play at the other end, they don't have a lot of players who are very young, either. Just three players who are, who are 22 or younger. Uh, the biggest of them would be Noah Okafor. Uh, the others have uh, kind of barely made their way into the squad, and um, that was that's kind of true of uh, the, all the players who are 24 or younger, apart from Ruben Vargas and Noah Okafor. So. Um, yeah, age not an issue. I think beginning to see 27 as kind of a good age uh, for a balance of experience and freshness. Uh, the average number of caps is 33.1. Um, so actually, that is quite a bit below other teams. Uh, so they do kind of... Um, no, sorry, it's not. It's above uh, 29.6 is the average. So again, good... Uh, uh, good experience with the squad and uh, more experience than uh, the average squad. Uh, in terms of goals, they have 128 goals uh, across all of those uh, players. That would be their definite, likely, impossible players. The statistics doesn't mean much in itself. 
um, until we talk about this statistic, the goals per player. And so uh, I've calculated this into a percentage and it's 12.1%. So that is a bit low because the average is 13.5%. And um, the very lowest there is 11.2%. Uh, sorry, just 11.0% uh, Japan and uh, South Korea at 116 Those are teams that are notable for uh, kind of having difficulty scoring. So a bit of a problem, I would say, for Switzerland um, uh, um, uh, needing uh, a few more goals. I'll just kind of finish this by going over the percentages for some of the players. So I said... Uh, in the podcast, that they don't really have a star striker. Uh, actually, Green and Bolo's percentage is uh, a little low. Uh, he uh, is at 19 point, uh, just 19%, which is not great for a forward. 11 goals in 58 games. Uh, Hans Seferovic, the other forward, has a pretty good ratio at 28.4. Uh, not outstanding, but 25 goals in 88 games. Uh, as I said, he's never uh, really struck me that much uh, in tournaments. Uh, so uh, I would still argue they don't really have a star striker. Um, actually, Cedric Itin with four goals in seven games is 57%, uh, but we usually don't count. Uh, we usually don't look at it unless it's under 20 games because, uh, well, who is the player with three goals in four games um, uh, that we looked at during players um i can't find him here but you know uh he's not going to keep up a 75 percent ratio like that so uh again um steven zuber is also uh 19 which is not bad for a right attacking midfielder and zurdan shakiri is actually probably their main scorer with uh, 26 goals in 108 games so he's at 24 percent uh which is quite good for uh, a midfielder but you know a star striker is usually uh, it should be around 30%, I would say. And um, um, they do get kind of goals from all over the field, but I, I maintain that uh, they're not a high-scoring team and could uh, benefit from finding a star striker or someone to put the goal, ball in the goal more reliably. Okay, let's move on to players and issues to watch. So actually not a lot with uh, Switzerland. These are kind of uh, minor quibbles. So in central defense um is it unsettled or is it a rotation uh we saw actually that it was quite settled in the early part of the period in the cup uh with the kanji and um Elvedi and shar kind of rotating but then we saw um central midfield of Frey come into the fray and Comert also a little bit. So uh, by the end for the Nations League games, we kind of had those five players uh, rotating, which seems a bit uh, a bit too confusing. Um, however, we do uh, we have seen that teams are kind of rotating players more than in the past when they had just two starters uh, starting every game, and that may be what they're doing here. They certainly don't lack the personnel. But um, I wonder if there's, uh, if it's a bit unsettled or whether that's a strategy. Um, also, in terms of the overall formation, uh, I don't know why I put this in defense, actually, but uh, um, uh, maybe uh, because they started with a three-man defense for four games in, in the Euro Cup. Uh, 
and then uh, went to a four-man backline. Then they stuck with the four-man backline. But in terms of the midfield and and uh, other formations, they they were pretty reliably using a four-two-one-three. And then in the Four Nations League games in June. Uh, tried out two formations besides a, a 4-4-2 and a, a 4-3-3. So uh, that was a bit confusing. And I wonder if it's wise to kind of make a lot of changes uh, um, when they don't have a lot of games before the Cup to get used to those changes. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do in uh, September here. In the central midfield, uh, we did notice that they really have too many central midfielders. Uh, but then we saw it's those central midfielders who kind of play uh, out wide, although they don't use a lot of wide players. So um, uh, when it was a two-man midfielder, it was uh, shared uh, by Freuler and Zacher. And then uh, sometimes Zachariah coming in as the third man, but more recently Idrissa So. Uh, so uh, taking that role. So again, here a steady cast, uh, but a bit of rotation, um, making us wonder again if if that's kind of a strategic rotation or just uh, un, uh, indecision about who the real starters are. Again, these are kind of minor quibbles. Uh, probably one of the more major quibbles is few wingers which forces uh, them to play more centrally. I've talked about that above. And um, not enough midfield candidates in general. Uh, uh, in a lot of the positions, we only had one player there, so they could use a few more. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, tried a couple out in, in the upcoming games. But again, maybe kind of too late to introduce new players, so they'll probably just go with their more central players and uh, certainly they have enough uh, uh, enough to um, uh, bring to the cup. Just uh, I wonder if there are injuries and stuff, whether they uh, really have enough to back that up. Finally, an attack uh, following on to what I said above. Uh, more goals, please. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. A little thin on storing. Don't really have a star striker, uh, but they, they seem to get by. Okay, let's move on and talk about new injured and notable absences. And I've actually decided to limit this to uh, basically definite or likely players, uh, unless there is a uh, possible player who seems uh, kind of significant, in other words, has been on the field, uh, you know, uh, during our player-by-player by player discussion, uh, for example. So uh, actually, um, Switzerland don't have that many, but uh, significantly, we have Yakin Murat, the manager. Uh, he is new to the team since 2021. So we'll look at the outgoing manager uh, in the notable absences uh, section. And uh, the only other player who we have as a definite candidate, though not a starter, uh, is Michelle Abisher. So uh, a kind of a central midfielder he's coded at and has only played a couple of games as a left or right defensive kind of midfielder. Um, uh, he is new to the squad. And um, up front, we have uh, Noah Okafor, who we consider a likely candidate. He's worked his way into the squad and um, he's just 22 years old. And finally, we have uh, goalkeeper Philip Cohn, who uh, is just a possible candidate, but um, 
Um, yeah, and he might not make it to the cup, but he does seem to be the starting keeper for Red Bull Salzburg, who will be playing in the Champions League. So I wonder if he'll kind of move up in the pecking order. Mind you, he has got a pretty stiff competition in front of him there. And uh, that's it. I mean, some of the possible players are new, but they haven't really broken into the squad in terms of a starting position. And um, uh, once again, testament to how tight and cohesive the squad are. As I said, they've been playing together for uh, quite a while, so uh, not easy to break into that squad. Uh, these players will come through more when uh, that squad starts to retire, I suppose. Uh, in terms of injuries, uh, not a big problem for Switzerland. Um, Gregor Kobel, the goalkeeper, um, who's the, uh, I believe, the starting keeper for Borussia Dortmund there, um, uh, is injured. Uh, he's out with a torn muscle fiber. And um, I'm not sure when that happened uh, exactly, but he was out for a few September games with his club there but uh um he's expected to be back before the world cup so uh, i don't think that's going to be a big problem although torn muscle fiber doesn't sound too good uh, we also mentioned in the player by player podcast uh matthew botani kind of a bench player who's just a possible candidate and uh he was injured for the games in june 2022 but i see that he's back playing for his club um uh, over the summer so um, not a problem there. All right, so all that's left here um, is the notable absences. So um, kind of um, uh, converse to Yakin Murat being the new manager, the outgoing manager, Vladimir Petkovic, uh, managed them through the Euro 2016, World Cup 2018, and Euro 2020, where they passed the group stage every time, uh, even beating France in, in the uh, round of 16 of Euro 2020 to reach the quarterfinals. So uh, was a good manager for them, but now has made way for Murat Yakin. Um, we have uh, Valon Bayrami, who we introduced in the player-by-player, player, a central midfielder with 83 caps. Uh, he actually retired uh, before the Euro um, last appeared in the World Cup 2018. But we are going back um, a little bit here because there are uh, some some fans who follow the team kind of from World Cup to World Cup. So they may remember him from the 2018 World Cup. Um, Stefan Lichtensteiner, uh, the right back, uh, who was with the team from 2006 to 19 and had 108 caps. He was the captain. Uh, he also wasn't um, around for the Euro 2020, but was the captain and starter in the 2018 World Cup and prior. Blerum uh, Desmaili, uh, central midfielder who was a starter in the 2018 World Cup and 2016 Euro Cup, uh, also uh, didn't uh, make it to the Euro 2020, so just a player that some will remember from the uh, World Cup. Uh, I was uh, almost introducing this guy in the player-by-player -player podcast, Admir Mehmedi, and uh, despite his 76 caps, uh, never kind of really worked his way into the team, just the Euro 2016 
where he was a starter, but he was around from 2011 to 21 and was uh, kind of a substitute in the two world, uh, no, sorry, in the uh, 2014 World Cup. He was injured for the 2018 Cup, but uh, was also a substitute in Euro 2020. Um, just a familiar name, um, I guess. Johan Juru, uh, 76 caps and was with the team from 2006 to 2018. Again, not necessarily a starter all the way, but he was in the 2014 World Cup and 2016 Euro Cup. And uh, his last tournament was the 2018 World Cup. And finally, uh, Joseph Dermich uh, went off in search of an extra vowel for his name. He uh, was actually never really uh, integrated fully into the squad, was a starter in the 2014 World Cup and uh, just a substitute in the 2018 World Cup, but was a player they kind of relied on for goals. And uh, he did actually have a scoring percentage of uh, over 33%. So um, they perhaps miss him in terms of uh, in terms of goals, though he was never fully integrated into the squad. So all of those players uh, listed in grey, meaning that they are retired, uh, a darker grey, and players who have never played in a tournament listed in lighter grey. Uh, there, like the new ones that we introduced uh, there. And this is only relevant for YouTube watchers, so I'll stop yammering on about it. And we're going to finish with the predicted starter. So we'll just run through the squad quickly again and uh, and uh, basically name the most of the major players and the, um, uh, the ones who we think are going to start. So uh, Vladimir Petkovic, the manager, is out. Uh, so I'll put him in red there. And uh, in red, um, highlights, yikes. Um, and uh, Murat Yakin is in. So we'll call Murat Yak, uh, Yakin a starter because he's the one who will take them through the cup. In terms of goalkeepers, we have definite candidates Jan Sommer and Jonas Omlin and likely candidate Gregor Kobel. And I'll mention Philip Cohn as a possible candidate because I wouldn't be shocked to see him um, uh, move into uh, uh, make the squad. Uh, but anyway, Jan Sommer is the clear starter there, uh, at least for the time being. I think um, the others will take over probably after the cup I'm guessing. Uh, in terms of central defenders we have kind of a rotation at the back there and actually the most consistent starters have been uh, Manuel Akanji and uh, Nico Alvedi although I do think it'll be a bit of a rotation and I think Fabian Sharp will get a couple of starts uh, there especially if they go deeper into the tournament so uh, that's where I stand on that one. Uh, the other candidate we have is E. Ray Comert as a definite candidate, actually, but uh, not as a starter. Uh, he's been um, uh, called up to the squad, but hasn't actually earned that many starts. As a left back, uh, there's really no one other than Ricardo Rodriguez. Um, and uh, Ulysses Garcia, who came back after a four-year absence, uh, is a likely candidate. Uh, but really hasn't earned any starts and is certainly not challenging Ricardo Rodriguez for the position. In fact, when Rodriguez is out, uh, 
uh, when Rodriguez is out, uh, it's uh, a right back who comes in to replace him. So uh, Ulysses Garcia, a bit far from the starting lineup there. And those right backs are um, definite candidate Sylvan Widmere and possible candidates Kevin Mbabu and Jordan Latomba. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them made it. And in fact, uh, despite Mbabu, uh, being just a possible candidate, I think he missed a few of the last games. They have been rotating uh, the position uh, all the way since the Euro Cup, so I think that will continue and both of them will get starts. But I would nod uh, Sylvan Vidmir as uh, a slightly more likely there. Uh, defensive midfielders, we have quite a few. Um, uh, possible candidate Denny Zachariah does see some field time. And we have definite central midfielders, Remo Freuler, Granite Jacka, and Jabril Fra uh, Sau, as well as likely candidate Fabian Frau. So I'm going to actually uh, nominate all three of those central midfielders as starters uh, because some of them will play kind of a left midfielder, right midfielder. Uh, Xhaka may be a bit more an advanced role. Uh, I think they like to have them on the field. And Jabril Sau is a bit versatile, um, uh, sometimes even playing um, in positions outside of the centre midfield there. So, um, yes, uh, that's that. And uh, defensive midfielders, they don't really use the position, nor do they use the position uh, of left winger that much, although Ruben Vargas does play as a left winger or a left attacking midfielder. So I'm going to use my hedging color and say that uh, Ruben Vargas will get some starts. Uh, but uh, a bit of a rotation there with Steven Zuber. I think Steven Zuber, the left attacking midfielder, uh, is more likely than Vargas uh, to be a starter. But I'll, I'll kind of put those two in a rotation because I think uh, both of them will get starts. Uh, not so much on the right side where I think Renato Stefan is a starter and there's not a real challenge to his position unless it comes from one of the forwards actually so steve uh, renato stefan a definite candidate who i think will make it um attacking midfielders we have zerdan shakiri as a likely starter uh, and i really only put him down to likely because uh well he didn't start all the games but he's also with chicago fire in the usa and um, I just I just feel like the Europeans are a bit Eurocentric that way and they uh, lose respect for players when they go uh, to play uh, abroad in other continents. So um, uh, I hope that doesn't happen and maybe Shakiri uh, will blast through that. I do see him as a starter here because he's, he's one of their top scorers. Uh, so they'll find room for him probably as a central attacking midfielder. Really, no other strong candidates in that position, just players who have uh, been on the bench. Uh, as far as forwards go, we have uh, Briel Mbolo as a definite, and uh, Harris Seferovic, uh, Mario Gavronovic, and Noah Okafor as likely. Um, and, hmm, what will I say here? Um, I'd say Seferovic 
Uh, he got injured for a while, so he kind of dropped off. He was the starter before that. But I don't know if he's going to come back into a starting position. So uh, without getting into too much discussion, I'm going to I'm going to hedge and nominate them all uh, as uh, as sometime starters. Actually, not Gavronovic. Uh, I think uh, Okafor will be ahead of Grafonovic in the starting order. Uh, so I think, but I really do think all of them will get some starts. And uh, if I had to nominate a starter, I'd probably go with uh, Seferovic there. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the uh, podcast. So um, keep in mind that we'll be doing an update as soon as new information comes out. And that will probably be in early November when the teams will be uh, publishing squad list. So uh, I won't repeat our address. I'll just say uh, check the show notes if you want to. Uh, all the information you need, we've been improving that. And there are links to our websites and previous podcast series. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>